Hey, this is Ethan Butte, co-author of Rehumanize Your Business, How Personal Videos Accelerate Sales and Improve Customer Experience. And you are listening to the Marketing Book Podcast. Welcome to the Marketing Book Podcast, helping you keep up with the smartest thinking in the quickly changing field of modern marketing. And now, here's your host, Douglas Burdett. Hello, thanks for joining me on the Marketing Book Podcast, where each week I publish an interview with the author of a new marketing or sales book, and which was named by Forbes as one of 11 smart podcasts that will keep you in the know, and named by LinkedIn as one of 10 podcasts that will make you a better marketer. My goal for this podcast is to help you discover new ideas so you can succeed in the quickly changing field of modern marketing and sales. Don't worry about taking notes. You can find links to everything linkable in this episode's show notes at marketingbookpodcast.com. And since you're a listener to the Marketing Book Podcast, if I can recommend a specific marketing or sales book or some other helpful resource that I know of for whatever situation you find yourself in, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn where we can chat and I'll try to point you in the right direction and save you time. This show is produced by my marketing firm. We work with manufacturers to help them grow. If you're a manufacturer and are serious about growing your business, check out our guide to lead generation for manufacturers on our website, salesartillery.com, or Google lead generation for manufacturers, and you'll find the guide atop the organic results. And special thanks to this episode's sponsor, Hrefs. If getting more of the right kind of traffic to your website is a priority, but doesn't seem to be happening, you need to check out Hrefs. Hrefs is an all-in-one SEO tool set that gives you what you need to rank your website in Google and get a lot more of the right kind of search traffic. We use it here at Artillery. Now, a subscription to Hrefs can run in the hundreds of dollars per month, but Hrefs is offering a seven-day trial that gives you full access to every tool, feature, and report for only $7. For details, go to hrefs.com, spelled A-H-R-E-F-S.com. And if you get the seven-day trial, I'm going to mail you a little something special. I'll have details in a few minutes. And now, on with the show. Today, we welcome Ethan Butte to the Marketing Book Podcast to talk about the book he has co-authored with Steve Passanelli, Rehumanize Your Business, How Personal Videos Accelerate Sales and Improve Customer Experience, published by Wiley. Ethan Butte is the VP of Marketing at BombBomb, a video email sales and marketing software platform, and is also host of the Customer Experience Podcast, which debuted this year. Earlier in his career, he spent a dozen years leading marketing inside local television stations in Chicago, Grand Rapids, and Colorado Springs, which is where he now lives. An interesting fact, his first real job out of college, Michigan, was driving a school bus for Microsoft. Ethan, congratulations on Rehumanize Your Business, and welcome to the Marketing Book Podcast. Thank you so much. I appreciate the intro and the invite. So, Tell listeners about this uh, Partridge family-like uh, school bus you drove for Microsoft for your first year. Sure. It was such a cool experience. A friend of mine knew the Microsoft rep who was pulling this project together, and this was um, this was mid-90s, so no mobile internet. And 
I had to get a commercial driver license. It was a full-size school bus. It originally had sat 70 kids. They ripped the seats out, turned it into a 10-station mobile computer lab with a server in the back. Uh, amazing sound system, by the way. When you have to drive from Grand Rapids, Michigan down to Houston, Texas, you might as well have like a really nice Marine six-disc CD changer that doesn't you know, skip when you're bouncing down the road <laughs> and like 12 speakers. It was excellent. It's just such a unique experience. So we hit like... Comp USAs and Best Buys and schools and museums and you know the local Microsoft rep would would get the visit for a week or two at a time. So I'd spend a week or two in these cities and they would book it wherever they wanted to put it. And uh, it was awesome. It was really fun. Saw a lot of the country. Met a lot of people. Is is a pleasure. Now was Bill Gates with you for the entire trip or just parts of it? Uh, I. Sadly, I never met Bill Gates. Oh, and uh, but I did meet a lot of awesome Microsoft employees, even though as a contractor at the time. I see. Cool. So your uh, the company you work for is uh, called BombBomb, and I just had to say that my company's called Artillery, and I just thought, how am I not using their product? I mean, the BombBomb and Artillery—that's a a branding match made in heaven. But what I wanted to ask you was, your book explains the concept of. Uh, personalized video, which we're going to talk quite a bit about. But I want to ask you, does a reader or a person need to purchase your product in order to get what's in the book? No, absolutely not. And we actually go through the book about various ways to do this. We're not just talking about simple personal videos and emails. We're also talking about text messaging, which requires no solution, although we have a quasi-solution for it. Uh, Some folks can successfully do it just straight through their phones, although we talk about the pros and cons of that in the book. Uh, And social messaging as well. You know, this isn't about broadcast, right? Like putting a video up on LinkedIn or to your Facebook wall or whatever. This Mm -hmm. is about using the messaging platforms to communicate more directly with people. Um, So there are a variety of ways to benefit from the ideas, both the the philosophical uh, ideas in there, as well as the very practical strategies and tactics that we go through as well. And you do not need a BombBomb subscription to do it. However, you guys offer a free two-week subscription and you don't even need a credit card. <laughs> so uh, listeners can go to bombbomb.com and and play around with it. But for the listener, I told Ethan I was going to ask him that question. And the point is the book is not about their company. It is explaining a much larger thing. And you even show folks how to do this using free or, you know, nearly free uh, platforms that aren't even aren't even your own. So, Ethan, there's a lot of there there are multiple ironies here. You wrote a book with Steve about personal video. Okay, so there's there's no video, although there is a, a video companion to your to the book that you talk about in the book. But yet now we're talking about that book about video on an audio only podcast. What's going on? I, I think it speaks to multiple learning styles and, uh, you know, in different, d- different media for different purposes. Um, th- there is, you know, we acknowledge the irony toward the end of the introduction, uh, because, you know, the, one of the core messages in the book is that every day you're relying on the same plain typed out black text on the same white screen. In this case, we could make the same argument about, you know, it's plain black text typed out on, you know, a, a plain white page. Um, in the, in the, 
problems with that, like that it doesn't build rapport, it doesn't differentiate you, it doesn't build trust, et cetera, uh, is laying out the case to get face-to-face a little bit more often through simple personal videos. Uh, but you know, in general, we need to mix up the channels that we use uh, and different people learn in different ways. And so you know, we've done a ton of training over the years. Steve's, Steve and I have been doing this for over a dozen years combined now. Uh, we've, I've sent more than 8,000 videos myself, uh, actually closing in on 10,000. And so uh, we've done a ton of video training, but we just felt like putting these messages in a book, you know, a nice, single, tangible place to get the complete what, why, who, when, and how of a movement we call relationships through video. Uh, And then we close with the last few chapters with some advanced strategies and then some looks to the future of, you know, where all of this is going. We just knew that it would reach a new audience and a different audience. And so, you know, these these authors that you're hosting in this excellent podcast, you know, they're probably also communicating through other social media channels and probably publishing articles on places like Forbes and Inc and entrepreneur and stuff, but they still have these conversations because we can do something here in this conversation together uh, that we're recording right now that we can't do in a pre-recorded video or in a typed out uh, article or, or something like that. So uh, different, different media for different purposes. Absolutely. And yes, I was just pulling your chain. So I want to read an excerpt from the introduction and then ask you a bunch of questions. What does it mean to rehumanize your business? It means being more, well, human. Restoring a face-to-face element that's gone missing. Being more intentional and personal in your approach. Building better business relationships. Recognizing that you're truly winning when you win with through, and for other people, treating people the way you prefer to be treated, targeting and hunting less, and connecting and serving more. What's one of the best ways to do this? By adding personal videos to your emails, text messages, and social messaging. Not videos for marketing, but rather videos for relationships. Not videos that are scripted, produced, and edited, but rather videos that are conversational, authentic, and imperfect. Videos that save time, improve results, and increase satisfaction your own and that of your customers, future customers, and everyone else with a stake in your success. This is your new and old way to sell and serve, using today's technology to make sales and service truly personal again. And then... Going on to another section, it says, if you're in leadership or management inside or outside sales, account-based marketing, recruiting, or talent development, or customer support or success, you'll be more successful when you rehumanize your processes by mixing in video messages. If you're in software, consulting, education, real estate, mortgage, insurance, financial planning, automotive, nonprofit, public speaking, entrepreneurship, or almost any other role or industry, this applies to you. Anyone working in a professional capacity benefits from better relationships. And video does this better than any other medium except being there in person. So, Ethan, explain why do people need to see us? That's uh, that's essentially uh, chapters two and three really get into, you know, the benefits of the channels that we use and the way we communicate every day, right? There's an, there's an efficiency to these electronic channels, pecking messages out, shooting out one message to a thousand different people at a thousand different times, sending one message to a hundred thousand people all at one time, you know, uh, using abbreviated text in our text messages. There are reasons we use these channels, but 
you know, since we've been on two feet, we've been communicating eye to eye, face to face almost the entire time exclusively. It is deeply, deeply fundamentally human to connect and communicate through our eyes, through our hand gestures, through all of this rich nonverbal communication that we strip out when we go straight to the keyboard and we ignore the opportunity to hit the record button. And so I, I don't, I, I'd be shocked if anyone listening, regardless of their position or their industry, and thank you for getting through that list. I mean, my point there was captured in the end of like, basically anyone can benefit from this. It's one of the reasons we leaned on Daniel Pink's great book to sell as human is that, you know, even if you're not a quota carrying or revenue quota carrying salesperson, quote unquote, you are in sales and that you need to connect and influence and persuade people to advance ideas and opportunities and move people in thought and ultimately in action. And so, you know, this is best done face to face, but our, our teams are distributed. Um, and time and distance keep us apart from all kinds of people, including our customers and our future customers. Right, right. And I think in the book, you talk about how we've been communicating face-to-face like 300 times longer than the written word. And you go back to I mean, how, how long ago the written word started being used, or, or I guess uh, most just a few hundred years ago when, when the literacy rates went up. But Basically, the writing uh, is really a relatively uh, new way to communicate with with one another compared to the human existence. Okay, so a personal video, just to make sure uh, the listener is clear, explain what a personal video is versus what what a personal video is not. Sure. And thank you for asking, because it's a big distinction. I mean, this is a little bit oversimplified, but we use this language to help people understand because this is still a relatively new opportunity for folks. I think when a lot of people think about video in a business context or a professional context, they think scripts, lights, production, editing, gloss, polish, et cetera, all these things we've been culturally trained to expect, you know, initially with television commercials and film trailers and then evolving to like the nice homepage videos that companies will produce or, you know, an easy go-to reference point is something like the, uh, the dollar shave club that launched, I don't know what their valuation is, but you know, a, probably a billion dollar business or if not, you know, hundreds of millions of dollar business, but you know, that was written by true legitimate professional comedy writers and it was professionally producing all of this. Personal videos, we use this language of relationships through video or simple personal videos to get at this other opportunity you have besides that. If you're already doing those other things, great, continue doing them. It has a number of benefits. But this style is typically a webcam or a smartphone video recorded in one take. It doesn't have to be just for one person where I say, hey, Douglas, thank you so much for hosting me. I enjoyed the conversation, uh, et cetera, et cetera or where a customer reaches out to you with an inquiry by email and you respond instead of typing out, you know, three paragraphs and providing two links to your support site, you just speak to the person in common language where they feel a personal connection to the business and get the question answered more effectively. And so it's, it's unscripted, unproduced, unrehearsed, although you know approximately what you're going to say, like a voicemail, right? So when you get a voicemail, cause no one answers their phone anymore, almost every single dial results in the beep. You don't struggle with what to say. I mean, you know who you called, you know why you called them, you know what you need to communicate to them, and you know what you need them to do next, right? Like what's the call to action? You already know these things. So it's the same style uh, with this type of video. So uh, a personal video is, again, just this, it's a replacement for plain typed out text right. or a compliment to it. 
And we're not saying throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's this is just another thing, a communications means that you can uh, mix in with the way you're currently communicating. And it brings to mind uh, David Cancel's book that he wrote with Dave Gerhart, Conversational Marketing, where they talked about the use of chatbots. And uh, he they were very clear saying, look, <laughs> we're not saying stop everything else, just mix in chatbots in as one of the different ways to uh, one of the newer ways to communicate with your customers and and your prospective customers but i'm just envisioning standing in front of a room of people maybe some salespeople or a ceo and they got their arms crossed and they're thinking oh not another fad well you know this internet thing what do you say to someone who thinks this approach seems insufficiently professional or, or too casual or, or too informal? Uh, I would say, I mean, and we, we address this of course in the book, but you know, I, I wrote a piece years ago, I think it was 2014 or 2015 called the shiny authenticity inversion. And my premise, again, this was all observational. It was not quantified, but my observation was that I've had great great relationships with a number of our customers for years, and they work in a variety of industries, and they use video in a variety of ways. This isn't the only way that they use video. And you know what I continued to hear was that you know I I have this really nice video that I spent twenty eight hundred bucks producing, or I have this really nice seven thousand dollar video on my homepage, and you know I have that in some of my email campaigns and stuff. But the videos that always get the best response on social media and in my emails are my simplest ones where I'm just, you know, walking down the street, sharing a thought with people. And what occurred to me was that in this, this kind of ties to Seth Godin's concept of the television industrial complex and, mm. and, and the change that's occurring in marketing, this idea that you used to just need a, an advertising budget, you would buy people's uh, attention and to interrupt what they were doing and get their attention and, and it worked and you would just sell things. And, and so at that point, this idea that you would have enough of a budget to produce a video and get it in front of people bought you the trust and credibility you needed to have your product or service purchased. I'm saying that there's an inversion here where we're past that. We all know the shine and gloss and polish when we see it coming. Uh, I think we're all a little bit more, you know, our, the flags go up a little bit and we start to protect ourselves a yeah, little bit. Yeah, I would say it's a bit of a liability now. In, indeed. And so there's this inversion where um, the more authentic you are, the more honest you are, the more transparent you are. And I know I'm using some soft language here, um, but that is now disarming and approachable in a way uh, that it wasn't before. And so, you know, what I'll say if you're an executive or a salesperson who says this is insufficiently professional, you know, there's going to be a point at which you're going to say, oh, wait, I do need to get on this train. <laughs> My competition's um, doing it. Well, well, yeah, absolutely. And and ultimately, I don't care what com competitor, I mean, I, I need to know what competitors are doing. But, you know, ultimately, the question is, do I win through connection and relationship? And would I be more effective in communicating my message, creating a stronger impression, letting that employee that know that I'm, you know, sincerely concerned about his or her family because I heard the news about what happened, you know, to one of their family members, you know, am I going to be more effective in empathizing and communicating and being sincere and making an impact on that employee such that they know the company and that I, as a representative of the company, truly care about them and their situation? If I look them in the eye through the camera lens and communicate that 
to that person with my face and voice and personality and nonverbal communication? Or am I going to be more clear in communicating that by uh, signing my name on the bottom of a condolence card with a gift card to a restaurant? And I mean, maybe you wind up doing both, but I'm going to say the more meaningful effort on behalf of the company and its representative is going to be looking that person in the eye and letting them know that you see them, that you hear them and that you understand them and that you care about them. And that's what this is about. Like you win through relationships. It's the same thing. If you're in sales and you're sincerely convinced that you are a value and benefit to the prospect you're trying to connect and communicate with, you're doing yourself a disservice if you do not take some opportunity in your sales cadence to look them in the eye and say, Steve, I'm just so excited about this opportunity. Or Tina, thank you so much for filling that form out on the website. I see you're concerned about X, Y, and Z, but you're excited about you know A, B, and C. I want to talk to you about that. My link to my calendar is right down below. You know, five minutes of your time. I promise it'll be worth it. Right? Like, well, you you say in the book, our imperfections are our perfection. Right, and that goes to the shiny authenticity inversion. And just to close that loop, you know, it was about a year later, the Content Marketing Institute, which pr- produces a ton of awesome content, yes, in a variety of formats, uh, including live events. They published a piece called uh, Visual Realism, and they used examples like Coca-Cola and Levi's intentionally dumbing down and scrubbing down the quality of their photos and videos in order to make them more trustworthy. These multi-billion dollar global corporations recognize that the trust is in the simplicity, not in the production. We're going to take a break here so I can tell you more about HREFs and a really sweet offer they have. If getting more of the right kind of traffic to your website is a priority, but it doesn't seem to be happening, you owe it to your business uh, and your career to check out Ahrefs. It's okay. You can thank me later. Ahrefs is an all-in-one SEO tool set that gives you the information you need to rank your website in Google and get tons of the right kind of search traffic. We use it here at Artillery. A few of my favorite tools are Site Audit. It crawls your entire website and gives a comprehensive report on any issues that may be hurting your SEO performance, you're going to be surprised uh, and maybe a little embarrassed at what the site audit is going to find. If you're a marketer responsible for your website, you'll want to run this report before your boss does. And if you're an agency responsible for your client's website, you better run this report before your clients do. Uh, Another tool that's really cool is Site Explorer. This is where... You can research any website, but especially your competitors. One popular way to use this is to figure out your competitors' marketing strategies by studying the keywords they rank for in search results and finding out the pages that bring them the most traffic from search. You can research anything from uh, how fast their search traffic is growing to which websites are linking to them to the pages on their website with the most backlinks. And... Another cool tool is Keyword Explorer. This is a great tool to have before you create more content for your site. It helps you discover thousands of great keyword ideas, uh, gauge how difficult it is to rank for them, and calculate their traffic potential. You can also find out what your potential customers are searching for online to help make sure that you're including the right keywords and content on your site. Now, a monthly subscription to Ahrefs can run in the hundreds of dollars, but Ahrefs is offering a seven-day trial that gives you full access to every tool, feature, and report for only seven dollars 
dollars. So even if you don't end up subscribing, the reports that you can run are a phenomenal value. Seriously. Otherwise, if you've got money coming out the wazoo, hire an SEO firm and give them a king's ransom. But don't be upset when you find out they're using HREFs to run the same reports that you can run. Also, just a bit of medical advice. If you've got money coming out the wazoo, you should probably get that checked. Now, are there other all-in-one SEO tools? Sure there are, and they're good. But in this episode's show notes at marketingbookpodcast.com, there's a link to an article about the nine most important features that Ahrefs has that no other SEO tool does. Check that out. To get the seven-day trial for just $7, visit hrefs.com. And that's spelled A-H-R-E-F-S.com. But wait, when you get that seven-day trial, I want you to forward your confirmation email to me at douglas at salesartillery.com, include your mailing address, and I will mail you, wherever you are in the world, a marketing book podcast bookmark and a laptop sticker, and even a little thank you note just for you. And even if you don't want me to send you anything, send me the email anyway so I can show HRFs how smart they were to support the Marketing Book Podcast, because otherwise they're not going to know I sent you. So help a brother out, yo. And now back to the show. So let's talk a little bit about email, though, because everyone's using email, and you talk uh, in the book about... There's actually problems associated with overcrafting emails. And of course, as you, you describe in the book, you think about writing an email and then rewriting it and rewriting. I'm thinking, oh man, I'm guilty of that. And these people probably aren't even, I'm not sure they're even uh, reading all of it. But explain why you describe email as the indispensable yet broken tool. Well, the broken is the easy side of it in that, you know, we all we all know all the reasons that people consist as long as I've been in email marketing, which is about a decade now, um, it's been declared dead. It's been declared dead over and over and over again, and yet mm-hmm. it still remains the top channel for return on investment from a marketing standpoint, an email marketing standpoint. Uh, but we all feel like we get too much of it. We all feel like there's too much spam and all of this. Um and yet it remains an indispensable tool. It's, you know, some of your conversations with your prospects and your customers and your potential recruits and your employees, et cetera, will migrate to other channels. We use Slack internally here at BombBomb. We love it. It's useful. But all, And it maybe has thinned out my inbox, but it's created a bunch more noise in this other tool. I mean, it's helpful, but it's still painful, et cetera. And so, you know, I think we need to get past the easy pot shots we can take at email and our inboxes in general and recognize the value that it provides. And that again, it's it's the primary vein of blood flow for business communication. Right, right. So what I'd like you to do is let the listener hear about some of the ways that personal video could help. And then they can start to realize, oh yeah, I I could actually be doing that. I could actually be doing that. I mean, the reason I ask it that way is because I've been doing some personal video emails as associated with um, prospecting for new business. And but when as I read through the book, I was reminded of so many other ways that I could I could be using it, particularly some of the folks that you talk to. So how can how does somebody know if if maybe this might work for them? 
Sure. Again, if you went through relationship and connection, you know, with prospecting, of course, you're trying to stand out in the inbox. You're trying to let people know that you're a real professional on the other side who is available to be of service. And so you're creating a human connection there that's not possible short of uh, being there in person, mm -hmm. uh, which in a prospecting scenario is difficult to impossible unless you're maybe at a trade show or something like that or a right. conference. So in general, I say any message that is going to be of significant length or detail, if you're getting ready to type out a four or five paragraph response to somebody, I promise you are going to save time by hitting record and just speaking to that person. Yeah. Uh, and when you do that, you're going to be much more clear. If it's if it's complex or there's a show and tell nature, a screen recorded video is a great replacement for a set of links or a long typed out explanation of then look on the right side of the screen and click this thing, right? Like mm -hmm. all of that stuff can go away. You just kind of walk it and talk it uh, with a screen recording or just explaining it in, in spoken word. Emotion. Uh, nuance, subtlety, those places where we miscommunicate with each other a lot, we misread. It's an interesting, interesting factor. I mean, not only do we kind of sweat that sweat, whether or not we've been clear in sending it, we also overestimate our ability to be clear in our typed out emails. There's a lot yes. of research around that. And so what we sometimes do is put in an emoticon or something to try to make it a little more, a little bit more clear about whether we're being uh, cute or clever or serious, but you know, we're, a emojis are also proven to provide more confusion than clarity. Right. Uh, but, but B when we click send, we're letting all of the emotional tone, we're giving away all control over that. So if your recipient just got yelled at by his or her boss or woke up on the wrong side of the bed or, uh, just got great news, you're giving away all that emotional control to the recipient because you're stripping away all of those human elements. Again, the generic words around it are emotion and subtlety and nuance, like all of that rich nonverbal communication that our brains are wired to receive from one another as fellow human beings and social creatures. When we restore that, we don't need to worry so much about whether or not uh, we're being understood the right way. We're retaining some of that control and providing a better experience for our customers or recipients, as well as, you know, kind of protecting ourselves a little bit because we can manage the tone. I, I lean on um, some customer success and customer service stories in the book. And it's a key thing there is, again, managing that tone. You're often dealing with people who are confused or frustrated or angry and being able to empathize with that person to kind of defuse the situation a little bit and to let them know that you're a real person working on their behalf on the other side of this exchange goes a long way to, again, defusing the situation situation and kind of, um, bringing it back down to earth and like, Hey, you know, we're all just people here. We're not perfect. We're going to rectify the situation to the best of our ability. And, you know, above all, my name is Mary Lou and I'm here for you. Yeah. So talk a bit more about some of these people, some of these customers of yours who've been really successful. Uh, it brings to mind a number of the salespeople you talk about who've sent thousands of these videos. Talk about how they're how they're using it. Um, a, a wide variety of ways. I mean, you've already mentioned one that's that's a that provides a great ROI. If you have a you know an email and phone call and maybe text message cadence for your prospects, look for a spot to add a video or two in there, and it could be a uh, an evergreen video that you record once and use over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Or it could be a truly personal video where you speak to some person 
directly, specifically. You let them know in the thumbnail or the animated preview that the video is just for them. So it's not just this generic thing you're blasting out to everybody. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the next stage is, you know, you have responsive and non-responsive leads. You have some people that you maybe engage with, but the opportunity goes cold. Uh, You know, they do an email reply or they return your phone call or they schedule a demo, but maybe they don't show up or whatever. There's, they're a responsive lead, but you haven't advanced it. And so you can re-engage responsive leads with it by speaking to where you left off or non-responsive leads who maybe filled out a form on your website, but have never engaged with you directly. It's a great way, again, to let them know that, they had some level of interest and that you are a real person available to help them. Um, we've seen that be very effective, especially when pairing the uh, the video emails with phone calls or specifically voicemails because, again, no one answers their phone anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you refer to the video email and the voicemail and refer to the voicemail and the video email, you're creating this connection in their head where you're now a bit more memorable, where they are going to recognize your face or your voice or recognize your email address when they hit their inbox or maybe recognize, you know, everyone has these spoofing tools now where you can mock someone's area code. But when you can say, hey, I'm calling you, uh, you know, I left you a voicemail from the phone number that you can see right Right down below in my signature. Right, right. You know, yeah, it removes that level of like someone is just trying to steal my attention and, yes. you know, advance an opportunity that's in their interest, but not necessarily in mine. Just so much basic human connection and trust building stuff going on here. Um, beyond that, of course, you know, if you're working on a project or a process, you know, maybe it's a repeatable process. You know, we work with a lot of mortgage loan officers, for example, they're repeatable processes. And so mixing in some personal and evergreen videos to keep everybody on the same page and keep things on track, or you have multiple stakeholders in a project, maybe internal and external stakeholders, and even, you know, a a third uh, party or organization in it, keeping everyone updated and letting everyone know what their responsibilities are, following up after meetings with the most salient points. Again, Mm -hmm. communicating these in a way that's going to save some time, provide a little bit more clarity and context and uh, cues so that people really understand what's going on. Uh, thank you is one of my, the easiest and one of my most favorite ones, because again, it captures that, that sincerity and that emotion. When you look someone in the eye and tell them very specifically how much you appreciate them and why it goes a really long way. Even if you're going to go ahead and send a gift card or something else, uh, that's always a very nice touch. If you win through referrals, for example, thanking someone for the referral, and reaching out to the new referred person uh, within kind of the same motion with separate videos and separate emails, one, to thank the person and let them know what the next steps are, uh, and then reaching out to the person to to bring yourself to life uh, and to capitalize on the goodwill uh, that was built as someone kind of teed you up and referred you is just, uh, that's a trigger point in your day to day that says, Oh, this would be a great time to send a video. So, um, I, you know, I could go on and on holidays and special occasions, internal communication, recruiting, onboarding, new employees, pats on the back. There's one other came, came to mind that, uh, maybe doesn't come up too much in sales, but making an apology, you know, believe it or not, uh, every once in a while, things don't go right. <laughs> and if you're yeah. able to call, if you're able to send a quick personal video, and say, look, we screwed up. Here's what happened. Here's why it happened. Here's what we're going to do to fix it. And here's what we're going to do going forward to keep that from occurring again. I, uh, you know, you might have sent an email in the past, but if you could send a video, uh, that works, I would think, uh, really well. 
Absolutely, it does. There's a what I call the $45,000 apology video. I tell that story I think, oh, in right. chapter six. Uh, and then, and also bad news. Again, just to go to the kind of the negative emotional side, you know, you have to break bad news on people that things aren't going to go the way that you thought or expected or planned. Being able to do it asynchronously, but with the benefit of that emotional control and yes. that emotional tone. By doing it asynchronously, you're letting the person process the information on their own time. Bad news is more cognitively engaging, and so it takes a little bit longer to process it. So if you break it in person or break it over the phone, you're, you're just the nature of that, that exchange demands an immediate response, but they're not necessarily emotionally or even cognitively prepared to do that. So doing it asynchronously through a video allows you to capitalize on that face-to-face component, but gives them the space they need to process the information, to come to terms with it. And then maybe you use the analytics because of course we report email opens, video plays, link clicks. If you put a link in there, we report those to you live in real time. So that might be your trigger to pick up the phone, you know, give them a chance to watch the video and, you know, give them another 15 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever, and then maybe reach out at that point once they've had the chance to digest the information. Right. So when should you not send a video? You know, I think, uh, as good as transcription is, it's not amazing. So, you know, we have some of our customers who, um, need 100% accurate transcription for like logistical purposes for documentation. So, you know, if you and your legal department really need things to be buttoned up, I would say probably rely on the traditional compliance type stuff to be in typed out messages. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have people that are using the, the, the analytics data for compliance purposes. For example, putting a disclosure as a PDF in an email and we can track the link click so that we know that the customer exa- the exact who, what, and when of that link click to access that PDF. But in general, we've seen a little bit of that. Another easy, easy obvious go-to is, you know, those quick replies. You do not need to hide a great, we're still on at 4 p.m. work for me, see you there. Right. You know, you don't need to hide that behind a nine second video, right? So, so there's some of these things that are still that that lightweight transaction. Yeah, it doesn't need stuff. to be every message, but throughout the book, you challenge folks to say to themselves, would this actually be better as a video? And what I think a lot of folks may not realize is that it might even be faster to send a video instead of sending out that that email. Correct. Yeah, I did the basic math on that. In general, we speak four times faster than we type. Um, and uh, and so your ability to just explain things to people, like once you get basically comfortable on video, so I'm just, I'll just call out another elephant in the room here, you know, besides that we all love and hate email simultaneously. When you get going with simple personal videos or even professional polished videos, you're going to be a bit uncomfortable. It stays specifically though with these, these unscripted webcam and smartphone videos. You're not going to like the way you look. You're not going to like the way you sound. You're going to judge yourself too harshly. It's a new skill to develop. You know, it's like if you picked up the trombone, you wouldn't expect to be amazing at playing that instrument right away. Or if you, you know, if you'd never played chess before in your life and you decide to start playing, you're not going to be amazing at it right away. If you go back several generations, when salespeople first got telephones on their desks, Mm -hmm. that that was a little before my time, but yes, me too. But like, 
they weren't amazing at selling over the phone. There was a transition there, right? Right. And so right. it's it's a new skill that you're developing. So if you're a little bit uncomfortable, that is not a reason to quit. Uh, that's just a reason to uh, record and send. Your tenth video is going to be a lot better than your second video, and your hundredth video is going to be a lot better than your thirty seventh. And you're going to go on and on. It's this positive upward spiral. And I promise. If you send 10 thank you videos, you're going to get at least a couple replies that A, validate the effort and B, let you know that this is in fact a different and better way to work uh, and communicate. And so, um, you know, you're, you're going to be a little bit awkward or uncomfortable out of the gate unless you're in the rare, maybe five to 10% who are just off and running. But once you're basically comfortable, you're going to save a lot of time by talking instead of typing, and you're going to tend probably to be much clearer in whatever you need to explain or more persuasive in whatever idea you're trying to advance. And so there is a time-saving element here uh, in addition to providing clearer communication and stronger human connection. Yes, and I think that uh, well, what just in my journey of using uh, videos, which I've really only been doing this year, I started having more fun. And I was amazed at the reaction I was getting, uh, whether I was sending it to a prospect or somebody like a client or something like that. They just, they really uh, like it. And I, you talk about that in the book. And I think also that in reading the book, uh, there was a strong undercurrent of, you know, the secret to getting ahead is getting started. <laughs> Don't be afraid to just get started. Even just trying it is going gonna, is gonna to help you and it's, you're going to start to get uh, a good reaction. But let's talk a bit more about these folks that are thinking, oh, I don't know, I don't know. Explain what you mean when you say that uh, people stop doing video before they even start. Right, yeah, it's this idea that if you are in the grocery store or in line at Starbucks and you run into uh, a customer or a prospect or even a friend and they're asking you about the state of affairs or a new product offering or the state of the market or whatever the case may be, or you're at a coffee or a lunch, or you're in an internal meeting and you're around a table with 12 other people and you and someone throws a question your way, you're not in your own head about what you look like and sound like. You don't really think twice about what you're saying. You're just operating. Mm -hmm. You're operating. You're just, you're answering. You're, I mean, you're a competent professional. If you're listening to a podcast like this one, you're a competent professional. And so- Well, and I should add, the people that listen to this podcast are very attractive too. Uh, I have- Totally. I, yeah, I have the best looking podcast audience. I've met many of these people and they are a good looking lot, but please go ahead. Yeah, I've read the reviews. They say the same thing about the host. Um, <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so anyway, and my point here is that, you know, you get ready in the morning, you put on some clothes, you make sure you look okay. You know, maybe after lunch, you do that mirror check to make sure you don't have any, you know, salad greens in your teeth or whatever. But you're not all wrapped up in, you know, this this thinking while you're operating. You're just, you're just operating. And so what so what happens to so many people is they hit record and as soon as the thing starts flashing they're just boom like instantly out of themselves all uh they're they're thinking and not feeling they're thinking and not acting and and they give up they say this isn't for me i'm not a video person which you know is just classic fixed mindset behavior it's it's this 
you know, I'm uncomfortable out of the gate and therefore I'm going to tell a story about myself to myself that is going to limit my growth and my potential. It's so interesting. When I started with BombBomb, I'd, I'd worked, and you mentioned this in the introduction, I'd worked in local television stations for a dozen years, but I had never been, I guess I was on camera a couple times, but I was not an on-camera person. I put words in other people's mouths and I produced stuff and I built campaigns and I managed other people doing the same thing. So when I joined BombBomb and I had to get on camera, you know, it wasn't easy for me, but when I had to start doing uh, webinars uh, to engage customers and, and, and to grow prospects and things, it was easier for my video experience. And then when I started getting uh, invited to give stage presentations, that would have been extremely difficult and challenging. I know a lot of people pe are petrified of public speaking, but I'll tell you what, I had probably spent sent. 500 videos by the time I did my first stage presentation and it was much easier as a consequence. Mm -hmm. And so there, there are a number of benefits when you can get comfortable in your own skin, being who you are, again, authenticity, being comfortable in that vulnerability. Again, I'm using some of these soft words, but fortunately they're making their way into popular business uh, lexicon. And so I think a lot of people know what I'm talking about here. When you're able to put yourself in that vulnerable position of risking judgment and risking rejection and these things that our egos are deeply, deeply afraid of, when we can get comfortable doing that, we're so much more confident in ourselves. And that confidence, going back to the look of yourself and your audience, is fundamentally attractive. We're attracted to confidence. And so once you can develop this comfort and confidence in being who you are more often during your day, you're going to be more effective and you're going to be more satisfied in your work. So I'm really glad to hear you say you're having fun with it because I've heard that from a number of our customers unsolicited is like, this makes what I do fun again. Yes. This reminds me of why I got into sales or this reminds me of why I got into marketing. And I think it wraps all of these things together where I can be more of myself more often and I get better results as a consequence. It's just like this deeply satisfying thing and it scratches a human itch. Yes, and you know, there was uh, another passage from the book where you say, you, I think it was at the very end where you say, sending videos doesn't just make the recipient feel closer to the sender. It also makes the sender feel closer to the recipient. I, that really spoke to me. I, I thought that that was... A really uh, a great insight. But listen, for those folks that are thinking, all right, I might try this. You know, Burdett did it. Gosh, you know, <laughs> I'll try it. What are some of the basic tips for people to get better personal videos? Like some of the do's, some of the don'ts. Um, some easy go-tos practice. I already kind of spoke to that a little bit, but practice is going to build confidence and confidence is going to build success. Um, don't expect it. It's an iterative process. Don't expect to be perfect out of the gate and know that you're going to, uh, need to get some sends under your belt before you get comfortable. And, and by practice, I do not mean record without sending. And I also don't mean, uh, look into the camera and act as if you're recording without recording. I mean, record and send those videos. No do overs, right? Correct. People are going to be happy to see you. Now, if I, if I make a, a fundamental error, I might re-record. Um, right. But, but you I, talked if, about an example where uh, Steve's wife was doing a video uh, for, I guess uh, she was selling to some, someone and she dropped the product or something and said, oops, sorry. <laughs> but she yeah. sent it and the person responded with, oh, that's great. That's very funny. I'm a real klutz too. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's because it's this, it's just like, I'm bringing the veil down. I'm taking the shining gloss off. I'm being who I am. I'm being honest with you. And that allows the other person to feel like they can be honest back. Like, oh, you're not trying to act like you're perfect. You're not putting on airs. You're just being who you are. It's, it allows us to connect and relate to each other. Don't use a script, right? Don't use a script. Um, there, you know, look at the camera, right? Yep. That's what? how you make eye contact with people. <laughs> but Smile. people, but they're looking at themselves, or they're looking at some other part of their screen. They're not actually looking at the camera, right? When, and it, it creates an awkward experience. You know, again, this is like being across the table over coffee or lunch. Make regular eye contact. Think about your and, lighting. Are, are you, <laughs> yep. Make sure it's coming approximately from the front. I record. 90% of my video standing at my desk under fluorescent light. So I'm not doing anything special, but you know, can I basically see you, you know, do, if, if you have a big window in your office, don't put it directly behind you, put it to your side or ideally maybe even to your front. Yeah. Um, and the light's going to change in your office throughout the day. So if you do maybe need to pick up an extra lamp, we have a lot of like just simple clip desk lamps that people use and they don't use it in the morning because there's sunlight through the window, but they do use it in the afternoon because you know, it gets a little bit dark. It's just really basic stuff. You know, yeah, and spend smile. A lot of money or be a lighting expert. And smiling, of course, it's fundamentally attractive. It creates positive uh, uh, emotions within yourself, and it makes right. you more attractive to the recipient. Yes, yes. Now, there's one uh, thing in the book, and yet of many, where you talk about uh, the technology, and you you say there's one line where you said uh, video. The video's value is in you not in the technology. And I got the impression, I thought this was great advice, don't rush off to buy a whole bunch of expensive equipment. You might, why don't you start with what you already have? Correct. Uh, <laughs> and, and then you'll, you'll find a spot where you maybe outgrow it. I hear this from people who want to go into podcasting. And the, you know, the question is, they'll ask me, they'll say, oh, what, what equipment should I get? I want to start a podcast. And really, you should be thinking about, well, wait a minute, <laughs> before you go spend money, what's the podcast about? What, you know, what, what, what are you trying to accomplish here? And I, my, my concern about people rushing off to buy another camera or whatever is that they, and I see this all the time, they'll go buy the equipment, or it's like the, the person that joins the health club in January thinking that's going to get them in shape. Uh, <laughs> and then they don't go back to the health club. But it's sort of like, don't don't rush off to buy that equipment right away. That you probably already have what you need. Exactly. You have a webcam, you have a smartphone. Start with what you have and when you outgrow it, uh, that's when you start looking to maybe upgrade your equipment. Or when you or when you get comfortable doing this style of video and you start moving into again what I call marketing through video, then go look for a DSLR and a light kit and a tripod and a microphone right. and all of that. And there's lots of information in the book about equipment and, and that sort of thing, but it's later in the book. <laughs> the first part is very clear about explaining why this is so powerful. And you quote uh, uh, from several books and, and uh, research studies, which were really very interesting. So, Ethan, if readers took only one thing away from the book, what would you hope it would be? Uh, you already did a drive-by mention on it, but uh, I'll, I'll just restate it because I do think it's very, very important. You're going to click send many times today. And dozens, if not hundreds of times this week, you're sending messages every day. And these are some of your most important and valuable messages. So I challenge you to ask yourself as you click send again the next time, would this be better if I said it in person? Would this be better if I 
did some of the things that we were talking about through this podcast controlled the emotional tone a little bit or conveyed my enthusiasm or truly sincerely introduced myself as your new representative or whatever the case may be? Would this be better if I said it in person? And in so many cases, I think the answer is going to be yes. That's such great advice. And I think that you're going to uh, sear yourself into the, uh, the subconscious of folks. Because when you think about sending something, see, it already worked with me. I'm on to you, Butte. As I'm getting ready to send something, I'm thinking, well, now, wait a minute. <laughs> Wouldn't the video be more effective? But here's the other thing. It's more fun. At least for me, it's, it's more fun sending the video because I know that people are going to enjoy it or they're going to appreciate it or it's going to work uh, more effectively. So, Ethan, what books have inspired your work and career, at least um, after you finish driving that bus for Microsoft? Sure. Um, I lean on a few books that I just love in Rehumanize Your Business, just a few off the top of my head, To Sell as Human from Daniel Pink. Yes, yes. Uh, Permission book. Marketing from Seth Godin, which mm -hmm. is now over 20 years old and just as relevant as ever. The Soft Edge by Rich Carlgaard at, at Forbes. Yes. Um, just a really great book. I really work to rope that one in because I like it so much and it has such an important message for folks. Um, personally, I love Everybody Writes from Anne Handley. Yes. Um, it's kind of like my book is a little bit or Steve's in my book is a little bit like uh, uh, Everybody Connects or Everybody Needs Video. Mm -hmm. uh, and Anne makes the same argument and Everybody Writes and it's just, it's a fun read and it's extreme, extremely practical. Um, I loved Let My People Go Surfing from Yvonne Chouinard, the founder of Patagonia, a, a reluctant businessman, as he describes himself. Mm -hmm. um, really interesting company history. But above all, the principles or the philosophy section about how they run their business is super, super interesting. Personally, I love The Ecology of Commerce from Paul Hawken. Changed the way I looked at my behavior as a consumer and the way that I look at markets in general. And I read that one actually on that Microsoft bus tour. I picked it, picked it up at a, a used bookstore and it had a profound impact on my life and uh, guided me into a, a line of thought that's still with me today. Yes, the right book at the right time in your life can really have a, an enormous impact. I've certainly uh, experienced that as, as well. Um, and I didn't know about that book. So uh, shoot, we're going to have a good list of uh, books on your show notes and a few that I need to go look up. I did look up the one by the Forbes publisher. I did not know about that one. That looked like a very interesting book. So are there any recent or upcoming books that you recommend or have heard about or are looking forward to reading? You know, one that's sitting on my nightstand because I ordered it recently. It's not a new book. It's new-ish, but it's not, you know, like a brand new forthcoming book is The Experience Economy by Joe Pine and James Gilmore. I think that one might almost be a decade old, but... um uh, I just gotten a couple of references to it. It reminds me of Joey Coleman's Never Lose a Customer Again. Oh, what a you know, great like, book. Like, yeah. Like, five, like by the time the fifth person told me I should read it, I was like, gosh, I should have started reading it when the second person told me that. So um, I just, there were a couple things that pointed to the experience economy. And so um, I'm looking forward to reading that one. I'm, I'm actually in kind of a reread mode as well. Um, I, I'm rereading the Clue Train Manifesto, oh. um, which is, uh, you know, the, basic premise is, uh, um, that, that markets are conversations. It was like pre web 2.0. It was yeah. like web 1.0. And, and really the reason I'm going back to that one's the same reason I went back to Seth Godin's permission marketing is that, you know, this book is 20, 22 years old 
and, and it feels like it's ancient, right? Like sometimes when I pick up a business book, I'm like, oh, this book is six years old. It can't be that, that current. I threw that mindset out a while ago because of a, a well-written book, uh, by a smart forward looking person that is recommended by other smart people, you know, has some timeless truths in it. And I think we're all smart enough here on this podcast that we can separate what was true in the moment from what remains true today and still get massive value out of these books. And, and I, I already know by, by just flipping back through the clue train manifesto, that's one of them small is beautiful by EF Schumacher, uh, the service profit chain by a trio of uh, Harvard business professors books that, you know, as I'm, as I'm having conversations like these with other people that, that read and, and are excited about books and learning culture and book culture in general, you know, just conjuring these thoughts makes me think about some of, some of the books that had major impacts on me and rereading them a decade or two later. Um, I'm a different person. The world is different and therefore it's going to be a different read, even though it's the same words on the same pages. And when I read one like permission marketing, like 20 years later or whatever, what's even more amazing is the prescience that these authors had. Like, how did they know? It's sort of like reading, um, a bit like reading uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, which I think came out in 1936. Right, <laughs> it's just, right. Or, or even, uh, I think there was another one called Scientific Advertising by Claude Hopkins, which he wrote in the excellent t- 20s, I believe. And I'm just thinking, it's like this is... Could have been written yesterday. It's just, it's just amazing. So, Ethan, how best can listeners learn more about you and the book? Thank you. Uh, the book again is called "Rehumanize Your Business." Of course, you can find it in Amazon and Barnes and Noble and everywhere else. But you can also learn more about it. Steve and I do an intro video and kind of break down the contents of it. You can see some really nice endorsements at bombbomb.com forward slash book. That's mm-hmm. just the word bomb twice, B-O-M-B, B-O-M-B dot com slash book. And um, and you were kind enough to mention the podcast. I have all that set up at bombbomb.com slash podcast. Well, listen, we're going to make it easy for the listener because we're going to include links to your, your site and the links you mentioned. We're going to include a, uh, links to your LinkedIn profile and Steve's Twitter handles, all the books that you've mentioned. Everything's going to be there on this episode's show notes at marketingbookpodcast.com. And I hope that if listeners don't do anything else, that they reach out to you some way and thank you for being on the podcast. And for you, dear listener, if you're listening on your smartphone, you've subscribed to the Marketing Book Podcast on your favorite podcast app. All these links can be found by going to this episode and clicking on the show notes link. One last quote. Yesterday was the best day to start replacing some of your text-based messages with personal videos. Today is the next best day to get in the practice, to get comfortable and confident, to get early wins, and to get ahead of the curve. Rehumanizing your business is more effective and more satisfying for you, your team members, and your customers. The name of the book is Rehumanize Your Business, How Personal Videos Accelerate Sales and Improve Customer Experience. The authors are Ethan Butte and Steve Passanelli. Ethan, thank you very much for joining us on the Marketing Book Podcast. Thank you so much for hosting me, and thank you to your listeners for building the learning culture and the book culture. It's just awesome and so important for all of our collective success. 
closes the book on episode 239 of the Marketing Book Podcast. For more, check out this episode's show notes at marketingbookpodcast.com. And if I can recommend a specific marketing or sales book or other helpful resource for whatever situation you find yourself in, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn where we can chat and I'll try to point you in the right direction. My name again is Douglas Burdett. Special thanks to our sponsor, Hrefs, to start getting more of the right kind of traffic to your website. Start your seven-day trial for just $7 by visiting hrefs, spelled A-H-R-E-F-S dot com. And don't forget to let Dougie Fresh know about it. And please join us next time as we welcome Orrin Claff to the Marketing Book Podcast to talk about his new book, Flip the Script, Getting People to Think Your Idea is Their Idea. Thanks again for listening to the Marketing Book Podcast. This episode was produced by Amanda Harrison.